I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Stephanie Reed Meyer. And this is Off Script, the podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on that Sunday sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. We have a guest conversation partner today. <laughs> and why is word. that? Yeah. And why is that? Reagan left us. Ra- oh, <laughs> ominous. Reagan is at her uh, she has this pastor training cohort, right? Like a it's leadership. Like a five year thing. Yeah. It's a long time, long term commitment. And so every several times a year, she goes away to uh, meet with her group, and she's away this week, and so Stephanie's filling in. You did not preach yesterday. I did not, so this is all you all day. And it was so, but we can probably, you did something weird, though, your <laughs> last <rude>. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, just summed up Moses the last week. That's why it was chapter 40 or something. You read from chapter 40, right? I didn't really. That was listed. We didn't oh, get there. Okay. All right. You know, when we, you pick out scripture early. You were very off script. Yeah, that's how we like it in modern. <laughs> so we had modern music in the morning, yes, which was, was really that? fun. Good. We did like good, seven yeah. different songs, had great attendance and what was the best excitement. One? Um, I like Just As Good. Just As Good. If you've it? never heard it, listen to it. Who is it? Um, I don't know. And Someone Mason likes. What was your least favorite? Oh, I don't have least which favorite. One was, which that's one would you so cut rude. if you had to do it again? <laughs> never, none of them. They did uh, Ain't No Grave at the beginning. Ain't No Grave. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. like... Uh, <laughs> Ain't no grave, hold them down. You know, yeah, like yeah. a wow, look at you. And that's not really my jam, but. And that had nothing to do with Deuteronomy. Mm, nope. None so of it. it was just modern music. Yep, was, there so. a, was there a theme for the morning? So we did it around the Axe Prayer. The Axe Burger? Mm-hmm. What's the Axe Burger? The Axe Prayer. Axe Let prayer. me enunciate. Which one? Which one? So, like, adoration, confession, oh, Thanksgiving, oh, oh, supplication. Oh. Got it. That was a Mason thing. Um, and it was very much like, this is not the only way to pray. But if you struggle to pray, yeah. look, oh, you can pray this way using even music. Huh. Like, you don't even have to find the word mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. So, here are songs that All reflect right. each of these. And so we moved them through it, which was really cool. And then you served Axe Burgers at the end. No, we did make uh, food packets and hygiene packets. Nice. So That's great. I love, that's a new tradition, right? You guys are going to do that several times a year? Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it was great. So a lot of excitement, a lot of energy. There were kids everywhere. We brought Miles because we were like, oh, it's just music. Because when I preach, he tries to get on stage with me. So we do not have him in there when I preach. Um, And he was running up and down the aisles and handing out. We have bookshelves (laughs) for kids at the beginning. And he would get books and hand them to everyone on the front row. So they each got their own children's book. That's adorable. (laughs) A little distracting. That's an adorable child. It is what it is. As will be the second Reed Meyer offspring, mm-hmm. and you're gonna find body. the <laughs> you're gonna find the gender tomorrow. Yeah, and then it'll be breaking news. Do y'all do the thing where you don't tell anybody the name, or do you? No, like, we told everyone. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. Reagan didn't tell the name. Yeah, she didn't tell us. Right, tell it, she keeps it all secret. I'm not gonna yeah, do yeah. that either. But that's because my Wait, family's judgy. Is there breaking news? No. Okay. I can. I'm manifesting. Okay, you know what? Like some I'm point in that. the future, I'm manifesting baby Danner. So at some point in the future. When you and Balake are going to have a baby, you are going to announce the name or you're not? I am not, not. But I have a judgy family. 
See oh, to avoid. Yeah, ah. people just un- unintentionally. I feel like the reason yeah. some people don't do this is because they unintentionally g- like don't respond. Yeah, like the way that you should. Right. <laughs> they go, oh, or even worse, someone says, "I knew a blank." Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they were terrible. That's why teachers are the worst. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, every teacher has a horror story for just about every name of yes. kid. Absolutely. So we do it because we're like claiming it. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, yeah. nobody else. Yes can name their yes. kids yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. It's a little selfish. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, but yeah, yesterday was super fun and modern, and it was fun and traditional, too, so we recognized new members. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. good. Which we is had, always uh, great. I think Reagan said 17 new members joined over the summer. summer. Yeah. And so not all of them were here in person, but we got to introduce several of them, including there was uh, a new member, Allison, who was at the 11 o'clock service, and her daughter's name is Persephone. Ooh, and she was holding stop. her. It was awesome. It was awesome. Love so I got walked over and, and she was holding her, like like having her sit and look at the congregation. And she's a baby, but I don't know how old. So I got to go over and mess with her feet. You know, the, so, yeah, she's super so cute. precious. And we got to announce another baby. There is another baby in the house. So we that are like landed. on this. Yeah, baby on the ground. That's yeah. what they say in the country. Mm-hmm. Baby Sweet on the ground. Lizzie. Lizzie. L-I-Z-Z-Y. I know. Mm-hmm. I kept spelling it with an I. I had to specify yeah. that. I thought it was I-E. Mm-hmm. Lizzie so, Case, right? Lizzie Crace. Crace. Lizzie Crace. That's Eliz- a family Elizabeth name. Crace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turner. Turner. Is there another one in there? Mm-mm. I think that's Just it. Just three names? Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Well, she's adorable. And you so saw... So cute. I'm just obsessed with that picture of her. Going in. home. She smiled in the hospital picture. Where it says, hello, I'm Lizzie. Yes. Did you see that one? Did I include mm-hmm. you on that one? Mm-hmm. I see that. So there's an adorable, I, I'm really obsessed with this picture. And it is uh, <laughs> her going home and she's wearing this little, I, hello, my name, I'm, hello, I'm Lizzie oh, <laughs> in her car seat. Oh, it's the hat for me. And the hat has dachshunds on it because they, so they have dachshunds. Yay. I texted Ben. I was like, I can't wait to snuggle. <laughs> she looks so cute. And he was, he can't wait to bring her up. Yeah. yeah. In a few days, Ben's going to be like, I can't wait to hand mm-hmm. her off and let her <laughs> <snuggle>. <laughs> if he's not already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to recap, so we have a June baby. Was Morgan born in June? No, she was, he was born. Oh, she came back in June. Easter. Easter. Oh, April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. April yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. And then a September baby. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a January baby. Yep. And so if we're going to keep that, I mean, listen, we encourage it. We encourage church babies. We love church babies. Yeah. So somebody in the in the narthex yesterday said, "You're next, Chris." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> oh I wish. Man. I wish." <laughs> <laughs> Would you do infants again for real? Not other people's yeah. infants. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's we're not going to. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I could totally. Chris do likes that. the babies. Oh God! I, th- listen, these are the days right now for mm-hmm. Ben and. I mean, once the baby arrives, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the payoff for the way you're feeling right now, Stephanie, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair to say. I hope so. And if your first adorable son is any indication. Mm-hmm. We need another. He needs to be brought down <laughs> to the ground, too. He <laughs> thinks the whole world revolves well, around course. him. It, it so does. he needs Hello. another sibling. <laughs> he needs to straighten that out real quick. <laughs> but, okay, so yesterday was a great Sunday. We're agreed on that. Yeah. Um, and we did the last sermon of our sermon series in yeah, the yeah. traditional. Mm-hmm. So what did you think just overall about the series, Moses and Miriam? And in four weeks, like that's... <laughs> that's a lot to pack in. Yeah, lot. A lot. So, there, I mean, there's so much you can't say about for sure about this story. Um, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't go with the obvious... I mean, the, we started right. with the obvious story, the burning bush. But none of the other three were the obvious no. stories. 
although week with three we kind of alluded to it with the golden calf, and week two we kind of alluded to it because it was in the wake of the pregnancy. Right, but we didn't do the plagues or like <clears throat> right. a lot of the baby Moses down the Nile, you know? Right, right, right. So I feel like we were able to hit some some key highlights about that story and the meaning of that story and the ongoing impact of that story. Um, and, and it's part of our like multi-year project of take, you know, talking about different characters every year. So uh, looking ahead to next year, it'll be Joshua, and I think we have to pick one of the women who are judges. Yes, I think that makes sense, Deborah, right? Deborah, Deborah, yeah, Deborah. I mean, I think that... She's the most obvious choice. So we just get really good feedback on these kind of series because we, we, take, we do take a deeper dive, but it's not like we're... We're spending all 2,400 words only talking about Moses, right? It's, it's how this event and this character impacted our faith and continues to impact our faith. So I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, people I, like the story aspect. Yeah, I, yes. And so, so much, like when you're preaching from Paul, you have to generate the sermon illustrations, mm-hmm. right? And when you're ta- talking about these stories, they are really the illustration, and then you have to unpack it. So, you know, I, we, we've, got fallen, we've gotten into a, a rhythm now. Where we do different kind of things, different type, uh, different types of times a year. So um, I like the pattern we're in. Yeah, yeah. And I like this too because if people were like, "Man, I wish I knew more about Moses and Miriam," like we have a venue for mm-hmm. them to know mm-hmm. more, which is not always the case. Mm-hmm. So here is kind of this way you can go deeper, which I like a lot. That's mm-hmm. your study, of course. That begins on September eighteenth. <laughs> yeah, Exodus, right. <laughs> I always say September behind 18th. the lines, but it's between the between lines. The lines. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, behind <laughs> the lines is a military thing. <laughs> I get corrected That'd be a whole every different, time. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, all. Some of those conversations in your class can get pretty intense, but I don't know if it's all that. <laughs> Do you wish there was something we did cover that we didn't cover in these four weeks? Um, that's a really good question. So we don't really get a chance to hear much from the people. Okay. And, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. much of the Exodus story is about their wrestling with the experience. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's not the point of the series. We're focusing <laughs> on the main characters. Right. But that Exodus story, you know, the, the reaction of the Israelites to what will be a positive change <laughs> ends up being so negative so much of the time that I think there's a whole sermon series in there to preach mm-hmm. how, um, you know, God's at work in our lives and we resist where we get the whole phrase, the back to Egypt committee, you know, they're mm-hmm. like, well, why'd you drag us out here to die? Right. Why don't we just die? Well, at least we had meat back in Egypt, that mm-hmm. whole thing. Right. But you and I both, I think the third week with the uh, golden calf, we mm-hmm. both made the point that like, it's easy for us to like say they totally should have just trusted Moses, <laughs> right. but like we totally are those people, right? <laughs> we are absolutely we are grumpy, impatient. Yes. Yes. We want yes, fruition yes. right now. Like, yeah. That's us. So I like that too. That's an interesting <laughs> aspect. Right. When you preached on it, I was like, oh, I have that same line. <laughs> like, we know what those people are like. Um, okay. So you begin this sermon this Sunday's talking about parenting and quoting the poet Khalil Gibran. Can you tell me a little bit about your relationship? Like, when did you read? So you quote from On Children, right. which is a reflection, a poem, uh, a short it, story. A no, short it's, it's written kind of as a poem, not okay. a rhyming poem, but. You know, right, like right, a, yeah, um, but it's in it's in a book called The Prophet. Okay, which is a little it's a little tome. This is kind of a. Tell me more. Um, have, you've never read The Prophet, Mm-mm. so on marriage is another. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that was at our we read, had that read at our wedding. Okay, so I've read The Prophet before, and it's kind of in the wis- the, the wisdom tradition. Okay, where you have a, a sage who's sharing wisdom about life in general. Yeah. And so one of them's on marriage, which is beautiful. <laughs> I, I love that. 
love that poem. I mean, it was in your wedding, so you better think it's beautiful. Yeah, and I come back to it a lot. And then on children's the same thing. And there's also a great song by Sweet Honey and the Rock. Have you ever heard of this song? So Sweet Honey and the Rock is like, um, and there's maybe four or five. Um, they're either African or African American women. I, they, I think they're African American, but they that they dress in traditional garb. Okay. And it's uh, your children are not your children, and it's it's whole. It's an entire acapella rendition of the poem. Interesting. It's it's so beautiful. I had okay. it in my head the whole time. So uh, you can look it up on Instagram mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. TikTok or. Yeah, I'm it's sure a call, it's, it's a callback to our social thing. Yeah, but you don't have Instagram, or you don't know how to. I added you as a friend. You didn't accept uh, it. It's the first time anyone's ever Except requested. Me. Except me. No, no, it's. I didn't know you had. You anyway. have a private account. I, I do. Guess. You must. If I, I have to. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to ask my wife about that. <laughs> or Max. Or Max. Max. Okay, right. so this poem in particular, you just. Yeah, and I, I played with a couple of different sections of the poem. So there's one section where he compares kids to the arrow and uh, parents to the bow hmm. and God to the one who draws the bow. Oh, interesting. So oh. God is in this. Oh, you God. Know, what yeah. you quote doesn't have God in no, it. No, it doesn't have God okay. in it. But it's, it's kind of like the book of Esther. Like yeah, God's yeah. always there. Right. On Marriage talks about let there be spaces in your togetherness. Listen, he was not a therapist. He was a poet. But right. it's such healthy uh, relationship stuff. And what I love about on children is he makes the point that, like, your children are not yours. They are God's. And you are doing everything you can to prepare them, but you're preparing them for a future you don't get to be part of. Right. Which is a really, it can be harsh, but it's true. And it, and, um, it's all about kind of holding on to them lightly, yeah. which I'm not inclined to do. I'm, I'm inclined to oh, really? wrap them that in bubble wrap. <laughs> that surprises me about you. <laughs> Like, if it was up to me, you know, every time something terrible happens in the world, I just never want to let the kids leave the house again. Yeah. But that's not, of course, what we're called to do. And so um, I just, I I really highly recommend The Prophet in general, but those two readings in particular. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about that imagery of God as parent, Mm. because that is an imagery that's used throughout scripture. So why do you think that, like, is that like our way of kind of making it in terms we can understand? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. And I think it's the healthiest, like healthy parenting, obviously. There's lots of unhealthy parenting. I mean, like I feel like every time I make some kind of, uh, or use some kind of metaphor or analogy like that, I need to have all the disclaimers in the... I know. Right, because if if someone comes from an abusive household or from an alcoholic household or whatever... We don't mean that parent. Right, exactly. So um, the idea that parents pour all this love and, and grace and effort into the kids, help them, like teach them everything that we know how to teach them, teach them boundaries along the way as well, and then, like, release them into the world. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what, that's what free will is all about. And I just think that the reason that that metaphor is so powerful is because it's the closest thing we can imagine as humans to something as mysterious as God. Yeah. I honestly don't know why I landed on that this time. (laughs) No, it's very interesting. (laughs) When you started talking about parenting at the beginning, I was like, I know he's Reading from Deuteronomy. Like, I was very interested mm-hmm. in where you were going with this. <laughs> and I knew the theme was choices, so. Yeah. So the first draft was farewell. Okay. Into the into the wilderness, farewell, because it's Moses' farewell right. speech. But, like, okay. I have, you didn't really talk about that I didn't really talk that about that much. Specifically. Uh, okay. Because I'm, I've preached on this text before, <clears throat> that specifically the 30th chapter, and I, I love that immediacy and the clarity of those two words, choose life. And let me just say here, I didn't say it yesterday, I am not talking about 
the pro-life, pro-choice debate. Mm-hmm. Which is what comes to mind just because that's so what we're inundated with. I know. With. And, you know, in our you. hyper-politicized world, Absolutely. you know, it's hard to come up. It's hard. Almost everything sounds like it's got some kind of political. And it doesn't. We read into everything. A hundred percent. For better or worse. For worse, most of the time. <laughs> and But, I mean, at this point, in like our relationship with the congregation, they know us. They know right, that's not sure. who we are. So the idea of choosing the thing that's going to be life-giving, hmm. like that is what we're trying to do as parents. Like that's the whole point. That's <laughs> the phrase, choosing the thing that's life-giving. Yeah, yeah. That's I like that. Right? I mean, that's what you're trying to do with Miles. That's yeah. what we're trying to do with our, our kids. Not tell them what their choices should be, <laughs> but just show them what what is life-giving and what's not. So we were watching this terrible movie on Saturday night. It's probably my favorite movie. Uh, it's not. It's from 2001. It's got Keanu Reeves in it and Diane Lane and a very young Michael B. Jordan. What is it? It's called Hardball. And it's about yeah. this guy who um, is I like a, it when you call me Big Papa. Yeah. Have you Put seen your that? hands in the air. Yeah. If you's a true player. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I grew up on. Really? Yeah. I was very into basketball in middle school. And so when that came out. But this is a baseball movie. Yeah, but... He, like, rescued... They were, like, basketball. He, like, introduces baseball brand new to them, right? No, so he... Tell me more. Haven't seen it since <clears throat> middle school, clearly. Don't go back and rewatch it. Okay. It's really terrible. And, and uh, Keanu Reeves is a good, a good actor. And Diane yeah. Lane's a great actress, but the boy... <laughs> so it's a baseball movie. It's about this guy who is a terrible gambling addict who literally smokes the entire movie and has a bad drinking problem. And he's, he hits rock bottom. He's got his gambling debt that he's got to pay off or he's going to get killed by these mobsters. And he goes to a buddy of his and says, you know what, I'll pay you 500 bucks a week to coach these kids because he had signed, he's like some um, like day tra- stock mm-hmm. trader. Yeah. And he's, he's like his community service is to coach these kids. It's in, like Mighty Ducks. In Cabrini Green in Except Chicago. The and the bo- like <laughs> Sam, we had watched a preview of it because we were looking for sports movies because that's what Sam really likes. And so we came across it and the preview looks not bad. And then Rotten Tomatoes is like, mm, not so much. And then anyway, they just settled on and they wanted to watch it. So the whole movie, it, it was just one, like, guys, don't do that. <laughs> don't make that choice. Don't gamble. <laughs> this is why drinking's bad. Oh, for God's sake, don't drink. <laughs> don't talk to women like that. Like, the whole, the whole movie was, like, don't ma- do this. make mm-hmm. a better choice. Like, mm-hmm. you, can choose, you can choose to gamble because it's legal. Right. But if you do, here are all the bad things that can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, you can choose to drink because it's legal. And if you do, this, sometimes you end up acting the fool. You can choose to smoke because it's legal. But, man, that's really hard. So right. I had already finished the sermon, but I was just watching this movie on Saturday night, reminded, like, again, like, this is this is what parenting is all about. Like, mm-hmm. you love and care and all that is obviously a, a, assumed. Right. But then preparing them for life is about these other things. And Moses seems like a frustrated parent, much of his story. <laughs> right. It's almost like Moses is more that Moses, person. right. Yeah. He's kind of the... Rarely is God frustrated at Moses specifically. Right. Oh, yeah. No, never yeah, Moses. Yeah, it's the people. So it works on both levels. It works that God is our parent. Mm-hmm. And in the sense that the covenant is God's way of being very clear what the expectations are. But then Moses, as God's agent, you know, the most important person in the Old Testament, is also a parental figure. Yeah. So. Um, so many layers. It was yeah, it was multi-layered, and I feel like it's like everybody on the staff having having babies right now, and uh, there's I don't know, it's back to school, and there's a lot right. of parenting stuff in the air. So that's why I went with it, and I and it gave me a chance to talk about Khalil Gibran, which is just um, 
you know, it's always good. Yeah, great introduction. So our scripture reading yesterday came from Deuteronomy, and you say that you love the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, You give us context kind of to when it was written and kind Mm -hmm. of the why behind it. So what is it that draws you to Deuteronomy? It's So I love the whole concept of God saying, here it is. Mm -hmm. Here here is the way to live in a life-giving way. Here's a way that leads to to death and adversity, just please choose the right thing. Like right. I can't make it any clearer for you. Yeah. And those renewal of the covenant scenes in the Old Testament have always been compelling to me. Joshua does the same thing. Mm-hmm. That whole that very famous thing: "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." What comes before that is y'all can do whatever you want to do. But this is what we're. <laughs> but this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And I love that because that's like that's a daily choice we have to make. We have to choose today to be faithful. We have to choose today to be kind, to be gracious, and to be loving. And we do that better or worse on some days than others. And our list of choices are, frankly, less comprehensive than what the Israelites had to choose. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're choosing faith in Christ and his... He boiled it down for, to, for us to love God, love neighbor. Right. Like, the whole Moses story is compelling. So he's, he's spent 40 years with these folks in a job he didn't feel equipped to do to begin with, mm-hmm. stuck with it, intervened on their behalf again and again, and doesn't get the final payoff. Another and part is of okay story. with that. He knows He's that. He makes that right. choice on right. behalf of the people. Right. Yeah. And he sacrifices. He does. He's a great, I mean, we could do a the whole year on Moses, you know? So, and in the end, to boil it down to that, that idea of choosing life, I just find really compelling. Yeah. So if someone was interested in reading through Deuteronomy, do you have any helpful tips of like how to do that best? <laughs> Skip the beating okay, cool. recap <laughs> stuff, right? There's mm-hmm. a fair amount of recap in there. Um, there's a recap of the law because it means second yeah, law. Yeah, yeah. None of that's really all that necessary. Okay. You, you can go to the the narrative portion. Right. And, and Moses's words really. Yeah, yeah. That are not summaries of the law. And because I think that's like my, when I hear Deuteronomy, I'm like, oh, that's all the Deuteronomistic, however you say yeah, it, yeah. laws. Yeah, yeah. But it's also uh, the Shema's in there. You know, huh. hero Israel, yeah. the Lord our God is one. I mean, right. And that's about as important as it gets, Correct. right? That's the beginning, po- the yeah. beginning place. So, Love it. So the Israelites are faced with a choice. That's kind of what you boil the whole sermon down to. So will they be faithful to God or faithful to the culture that they've been a part of? Is ultimately, you talk a little bit golden calfy, right. but it's really everything they've been enveloped in Egypt for right. 400 years, right? right? Like that's right. hard stuff to right. shake. <laughs> yeah. Right, and it's not like they had all these traditions from Abraham before anyway. Right. Like I just, was thinking Just the this, big one, right? Right. I or, was, yeah. Right. There's all kinds of, I'll, I'll put <laughs> her in the jokes. Right, um, right. But I was just thinking of Miriam and the women, how they dance. And it's like, oh, that's traditional of Jewish mm. women. And I'm like, what tradition? Like, uh-huh. because they've been so enveloped in Egypt. Like, right. were they even doing that? Or are they reclaiming right. that? Like, there's all right. these questions there. So choices can be tricky. Their yeah. choice, whether to do what they've been doing mm. or to trust in God, which they do, then don't, then do, then yeah, don't. Yeah, it's a very... It's not a linear journey that they're on. <laughs> yeah. So what is it that's so difficult about making choices and finding the right way to weigh those choices? Because I think at the top of your sermon, you talk a little bit about how some choices aren't that important, but others are. Yeah. I mean, I think anybody who tries to live in a, in a healthy way, like I have to be careful about my blood sugar, for example. Um, I love chocolate. Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. 
I love cheeseburgers. I mean, low-fat diet is better for sugar control, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm sure, you, I mean, you're having an experience right now with yeah, your next baby. Not having caffeine. Right? I mean, you're, like, you're doing things right. You're making choices right now for the best of he slash she and yourself right. that are not the easy choices, that are not the... Um, Convenient either. And so to wake up every day and choose to follow Jesus is not... <laughs> he's got a pretty high bar. Right, I don't, I don't get to. I don't get to hate the people I disagree with. I don't get to be selfish. I don't get to um, live life solely for my own hedonistic pursuits. You know what I mean? Like living, like making making choices that are the healthy choices or the are the theologically preferred choices are very often not the most personally immediately rewarding choices. Why don't people save for retirement? Well. I'd rather have those two hundred fifty dollars jeans. Immediate needs, exactly. Right. So I can either set those aside, or I can hopefully live more securely forty years from now. I think everything in life is a trade-off, and I think it's very often the case that unhealthy choices have an immediate payoff that are, in the long run, destructive. And so we have to train ourselves. I mean, in some cases, it's delayed satisfaction or gratification or whatever. Um, in some cases, it's just the right thing. But I think the bad choices, the unhealthy choices, are sometimes the easier or more rewarding ones. And I think that, that's what makes it hard. And so, you know, I give that litany at the beginning. So we teach our kids to make good physical choices, to, to eat right. So that means you can't have dessert with every meal, as much as I hate that. Um, Worst rule ever. You got to go to sleep instead of watching the end of the game sometimes. You got to be nice to that kid that's driving you crazy, even though you'd rather just tell them exactly what you think of them. That's an emotional choice, right? But right. all of them have that, that kind of um, trade-off. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned a minute ago, you said every morning we make the decision uh-huh. to follow Christ or mm-hmm. to be Christ-like. And that's very Wesleyan of us, mm-hmm. right? Like 100%. That, I mean, we, we believe so deeply in free will, and we do not emphasize justification. <laughs> like, that's just not our... Right. When were you saved? Well, I don't know. When I was born? Then when I was baptized, ago, a minute ago, ago, right? right. Um, what I'm trying to do today is grow in my love for God and my fellow human beings. That's what sanctification is all about. That's what I'm called to do as a Christian. That's what we believe in the Wesleyan tradition. So it's not, it's not like uh, I gave my life to Jesus when I was eight. One and done. Walked down, got baptized, and I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And that's a... Right, that's, we're not... Uh, listen, our, like our Baptist friends don't think that either. No, we're but, oversimplifying right. that. But that theological emphasis on that moment does tend to underemphasize the the rest of the journey. Right. When all of the emphasis is on that moment, that moment's not the point for Wesley. You know, Wesley said and it was very controversial among the reformers that the works only don't matter if you're the thief on the cross and you're forgiven the moment before you die. And with that exception. And if you want to take that risk, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. But with that exception, what we do in life does matter because it's a reflection of our faith. Not because it earns God's grace, but because it's a reflection of how faithful we are in response to God's grace. And there's a lot of hope in that, right? Because we are going to make bad choices. Like even those unhealthy choices, however bad they may be, there is always hope that Jesus is still there, well, and we can still make a better yeah, choice. Yeah, the promise that he's still there. Right. And that we can do something different next time. <laughs> we, uh, Billy Abraham, 
God rest his soul, quoted some other theologian. I never could remember who he, who had said this, but Wesleyan's Methodists don't just believe in backsliding, but we practice it with gusto. <laughs> I love that line. Like we, so true. <laughs> right? And so um, that choices thing is a, is a big deal. So today we need to choose life, and tomorrow we need to choose life, and the day after that we need to choose life, and we need to be teaching our kids how to choose life, what that looks like and what it, um, what it means, what it costs. And it's never too late. Uh, never. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good message. So Moses, we talked a little bit about, he's a good character to root for, mm-hmm. which I really like, especially in the Old Testament, yeah. especially yeah. when you get to like King David and Ooh. you're like, good night. Yeah, you got to overlook How a lot many, of stuff. <laughs> so much right. stuff. Yes. Um, so with Moses, we don't see a ton of mistakes. All of his reservations and doubts that he expresses to God, like we can relate to this, yeah. right? Like, I'm not qualified. Don't send me. Like yeah. all of that is very real. So if we had to sum up the entirety of Moses's life and what the main takeaway is for us, hmm. what do you think we could say about that? Man, that's a really good question. So with Abraham, you would say it's faith. I mean, we point to him as that right. faith father. Yeah. Because God said, go. He said, okay. He said, how far? <laughs> right. Kind of different than Moses. With Moses, man, what is it? Perseverance? Huh. I like that. He keeps going. He sticks with it. <laughs> and like advocates on behalf of the people. Yeah. It, it's like, it's not just perseverance in his faith with, faith with God. I, I mean, I, I have, in this series, I didn't reread all the entirety of his story, but I don't remember a whole lot of his wrestling with God, like for himself. Yeah. What I, what I remember is him interceding on behalf of the people who make him crazy. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe huh. perseverance is the... I kind of like contrasting Abraham and Moses. There's like a lot there because yeah. Abraham, he's for sure looking out for like his lineage, right? Oh yeah. Whereas Moses is like this group of people. He didn't even get to, he didn't even get there. Right. He doesn't even get to the promised land. No. And we don't hear about his son or his lineage. That's kind of irrelevant. The Midian story kind of fades away. I mean, we once hear about his brother's lineage, right? Right. The priesthood. Yeah. I think I think perseverance is a good no, word like for him, it. and he's uh, he's awesome. He he'll is. be a cool he'll be a cool one to meet in heaven. Yeah, he's for sure flawed, but not obviously flawed where you just like write off certain passages. I mean, of he, his he life. kills a fair number of them after the golden calf incident. That's a part I skipped over. <laughs> you did too, conveniently. I, yeah. I just don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> and there's a part with Miriam too, where you and Reagan talked about this a little bit. It's in Exodus where she gets leprosy, but Aaron doesn't. Like yeah. God just gives it to Miriam. Yeah. Like there's all these things that I have questions about. Yeah, there's lots. Yeah, But I it's agree. for sure who wrote the book. It's not about <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, these were inspired words in the hands of imperfect vessels. And so Which some of that, get. right? I mean, God almighty, that's the, <laughs> that's the story of the Bible with one exception. Absolutely. With one exception. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could maybe marry his, ex- his mother. I don't know. Be an example too. Maybe. But she made some mistakes, I'm sure. I don't know. We just None don't know. That we, we don't, we don't we read don't about it. About <laughs> we don't hear enough about her to know. <laughs> so let's assume she's perfect. If nobody writes about my mistakes, then everyone that, will assume. That uh, soothes my, ca- my Catholic upbringing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can tell. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to kind of wrap up here. You end with another Khalil Gibran quote. Mm-hmm. You say, our parents bring us into this world, but in the end, <laughs> we are responsible for what we've become. Mm-hmm. And I like that as a parent. We talked about this earlier, but that's reassuring to me. I'm mm-hmm. like, I can do the best I can do, but ultimately it's up to my kid. But how hard is that? So hard. Right. I mean, so when yeah. you, you counsel with um, with parents who, who are struggling with their kids in some way, whether it's alcohol and drug addiction or yeah. some kind of misbehavior, I mean, there's 
there's automatically and probably inescapably the the wrestling with what they could have done differently. And maybe sometimes there is, but we are free creatures with free will. And um, I think, you know, what I love about Gibran's writing, both in his writing on marriage and on children, is uh, he really has a healthy sense of boundaries, hmm. knowing who's who, who, like what is my responsibility and what's not, what's a healthy way to relate to my spouse and what's not, what's um, a healthy way to think of my relationship with my kids and what's not. And I think that's why the parenting image for God, whether like our, our father is what daddy is actually what Jesus said, right, in Hebrew, but switch it to a female pronoun. I mean, female, it yeah, doesn't matter. Absolutely. It's just that parental image. It's just, it's compelling because that's, that's the way life is. <laughs> yeah, I think of it from the way, like, we can only do so much as parents. My parents could only do so much for me. Um, and a lot of, I've made different choices than my parents probably would have picked for me. Hmm. Um, so it's not just about the parenting, it's what's done with that parenting. Mm -hmm. And I think that really relates back to our own faith and our relationship with God. Yeah. You know, we have scripture, we have these um, traditions uh, that teach us what we should do, mm -hmm. but it's ultimately up to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which Amen. is scary. <laughs> I mean, that, and that's, but that's a very Wesleyan way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, we're there. We don't have an ounce of Calvinist in us on that. No. We make the decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, thank God for that. And God be with us. Absolutely. Because of that. <laughs> Mostly God be with us. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to share about this series? Ah, gosh, I don't think so. Okay. I, I appreciate you being here today. Yeah, this was talk fun. Talk about it. Yeah. And I, I'm looking forward. So next week we start our, the original draft was Luke's greatest hits. And then our communications experts were like, you know, we've done a couple of music ones. And that sounds they like a music I think we like thing. music too much. We do. <laughs> Although, and I will say, Max asked me if we could, like, he's like, could you do every season a great a music one <laughs> i'm like well i could but i'm not may get old and he's like yeah that's true some people would really love it <laughs> some people would uh, love it so we instead are doing the moral of the story so we're kind of looking story, right? at these not parable some of them two are of, parables two of mm, them are parables and one is just like a story is that key is that wee little man so this weekend yeah. is good samaritan mm -hmm. i've only ever preached on that once in all these years see i preached on it once as a high schooler wow. so I pulled out my notes and I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I like was telling people like, oh, this is the journey, the route they would have taken. Like trying uh. to be cute about it. Anyways. <laughs> and then we're going to do two weeks. The way Reagan and I are doing Prodigal yeah. is two weeks back to back. She's preaching on one of the characters, the younger son. And I'm preaching about the older son. Yeah. Are, how, what are I mean, ready? I have two weeks of it too. So I'm either going to split it down the middle or I'm going to do older, younger. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a tricky one for me. Did you ever do a walk to Emmaus? I've never done So I did a kid, the kids version, which was Chrysalis. Chrysalis. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And there's always a night message where uh, they talk about being the prodigal son mm. and making this, a youth gets up and is like, I made this bad decision. Oh, and, but then, and so for me, I was always like, man, I am way more that older son <laughs> that I have that other yeah. sibling who's done all this stuff. And I'm like, why do I get punished for all of <laughs> And so I'm interesting to really unpack that for yeah. myself and how I present it. I've backed up on that a little little bit, mm. that point of view. Mm. So I love this story. This may be my favorite of Jesus stories. Seriously? Yeah, I just love it. Huh. And so one year in Sherman, we did, I did three weeks on it. Younger son, older son, father. Father. Mm. Because obviously God is the father right. in the story. And prodigal means prodigious. It means like, okay. really it's, it's the prodigal father. <laughs> really. Right. I mean, we always say the prodigal yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. So that's the way we think of it. The prodigal meaning wayward, mm -hmm. but really it, it means almost like outrageously generous or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a great story. And then Zacchaeus last week. And then actually in October, where stewardship kind of season is a bunch of loot too. So Luke's getting, yeah. Luke's getting a adequate amount of airtime this year. As he should. I yeah, mean, as we he did should. All of Luke's lids. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It'll be good. I'm excited for moral of the story. Yeah, me too. I think it'll it's going to be, be good. All right, y'all. Wow. Thank you for spending another day with us. A day with us. <laughs> I remember how long this uh, ends up being. Alex yeah, is in your hands. Always changing edits. So right? You know. Yeah, yeah. 30 to <laughs> 45 minutes. Right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> right, 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 right. And we'll uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Off Script. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland. Produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.